0: So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Monday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Starting another big week on The World Transformed. Got some got some good topics here uh, for Monday's show. We We have got a fun one. I've called this Signs of the Times. But what this really is is this is us checking in on the technological singularity, which we do, I don't know, at least once a month or so. I would say <laughs> I mean, we we have a at least a story, and then,
1: and then hit it, and, and then hit it kind of uh, you know a glancing blow uh, in in the
0: middle. Of it of that month,
1: too, so <laughs> sort of our... Yeah, I mean, occasionally
0: idea. we'll do whole shows about it, but but yeah. usually it's just, uh, here's another story that proves that we're, that we're doing that. So I thought, well, we'll just check in and see if we really seem to be heading towards a technological singularity. And for those of you listening for the first time or who have been listening for a while but still haven't heard us talk about this term by the technological singularity, we're referring to a coming point in the future where... Machine intelligence outpaces human intelligence, and after that, history becomes very difficult to predict because we are the less intelligent species on the planet, right? The the the, the technological yeah. singularity. Well, you, give me in your words, Stephen. What's the what's the singularity?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we can tend to uh, look into the future and kind of have some idea what goals that we as humanity have, right? Yeah. But ask your your dog, your pet dog, Phil, what. It thinks your goals for the future are. It's not going to have much of a clue, right? I right. Mean, it, is, it does not uh, have the ability to understand you. It's, uh, it is a lesser intelligence than you are, Phil, so it doesn't really understand what you do when you, uh, you, know, you walk out the door, get into your car, and drive away. It doesn't have any idea what's going on with you. And, uh, unfortunately, you yeah, know, that's, that's the scary part of the technological singularity. What goals will these things that are going to be smarter than us, what will they have as their goals? And will we be able to keep pace with that at that time? And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the technological singularity. It's the point at which we don't really –
0: our hands are off the reins at that point. We, uh, we're off – hands are off the steering wheel it's just, it's I, I know in else, the case right? of my dog my, my dog thinks both of them think that i exist to bring them cheese right to open the refrigerator <laughs> exactly and get well, cheese well you know out we we, we
1: may uh, we may uh, just you know sort of sit back and, and say well the ai's exist to bring us goodies right at that point i uh, i hope not i hope that uh, instead we are uh, we're we're a part of you know a part of the uh, technological singularity ourselves because uh, we've We've advanced our own intelligence along with the machine intelligence,
0: but that's uh, that's another thing, isn't it? So but, it's, but it's a good we'll description see. of the uh, of the imagery of the singularity. That idea of a singularity comes from mathematics and it comes from physics. And it's yes. uh, when, you, when you think about a black hole, where gravity reaches a point where suddenly our laws of physics are no longer descriptive of what's happening. A singularity is this place where we just don't have the math or the language to describe what's happening. And I, I think that the dog analogy is a good one. When, you, when you're dealing with an intelligence that's greater than yours, that has its own motivations and desires, you're, you're, you're like you're like the dog trying to figure out the human. You're, you're dealing with something that's beyond your concepts, it's beyond your math, it's beyond your language. And certainly we hope that the singularity is beyond our math and language today, but not beyond what they will be when it occurs, because to your point, we'll be moving ourselves along at the same pace, or you know, following along behind, but still, <laughs> still improving. If if we become the junior partners, that's one scenario. If we're like the equal partners, that's another one. If we're the senior partners, that's another one where humanity and the artificial intelligence are concerned. But that's it. That's just it. hope it to in be in the bricks.
1: That's the thing. We don't want a uh, uh, a her scenario. Uh, where the the AIs just take off on their own because they find us completely boring. This is the uh, movie Her.
0: That's not referring right. to a breakup that he had in college. Or, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, no.
0: I'm <laughs> I'm referring to the uh, science fiction movie Her. No, nor do we want the Terminator scenario, which is even worse. Uh, what we well, that's what I was going to say the, of of all the scenarios where the where the AIs move on on their own, Her is a pretty good one, right? Because yeah, yeah, they, they just least, disappear. At least they. Uh, at least they have
1: some uh, uh, respect for uh, the, the the parent race, uh, so that they uh, don't
0: hurt them. They 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 just go out into the universe and do their own thing. Yeah. What what uh, we but, don't want is an art is a superior intelligence that is much more capable than us, looking around and saying, "Well, we have got to clean all this up,
1: so yeah, we can get is, something yeah. done."
0: You know, with, with <laughs> us being the mess. That that right. that would be bad. So here's our first story. The father of artificial intelligence says singularity is thirty years away. Uh, this is interesting. We've talked about Jurgen uh, Schmidhuber fairly recently. He's a very interesting AI researcher. He came up with a lot of the concepts that are being used in deep learning today. So, and he came up with them decades ago. These ideas that are just now kind of seeing fruition and really driving an awful lot of what we see happening kind of on the cutting edge of artificial intelligence today. And he, you know just a pretty straightforward yeah it's going to happen he thinks it's yeah. about 30, 30 years away and that's that's interesting number
1: one that he believes that yeah it's going to happen but yeah. it's also interesting in that his date of 30 years is different from that of ray kurzweil's which uh, is more like 12 years right yeah um uh and so you know in the grand scheme of things um you know uh the difference between 12 years and 30 years uh, over the uh, the lifetime of our species is is just you know not even a blip in time but uh, in our lifetimes it makes quite a bit of difference doesn't feel to us personally um whether we're looking at a 12-year window until the singularity or a 30 makes quite a bit of difference to to us and uh so you know i in some ways i hope that uh that Jergen is is correct and that we have a little more time to uh uh to, to make that great leap, right? And perhaps uh, be be a part of the leap ourselves. We we actually have a shot at it, uh if it if it takes thirty years perhaps. Whereas uh if it just shows up, you know, in twelve years, uh we may not have
0: made much of a leap ourselves, right? So I don't know. What do you think? The the, the time frame is always interesting on this. When when Vern first wrote his essay on the singularity kind of introduced the concept of it. And he said that machines are going to become smarter than people. And after that history, as we know it will end, it's kind of the defining moment in, in people using that term and thinking about it, but that was in the mid nineties. And he said it would happen. I believe he said it would happen in about 30 years, which would put us kind of on the Kurzweil, Kurzweil timeline, right? About 10 years from now. Right. So roughly, roughly on the, on the Kurzweil timeline. The thing is, if it's really going to happen, and it's going to happen 10 years from now, we've got only 10 years to prepare for all those potential hard takeoff scenarios. We've got only 10 years to get ready for the Terminator, right, for for all of that stuff. On the other hand, if it's going to be 30 years, then we have to wait another Thirty years before we see all the be- incredible benefits and all the magical, amazing stuff that's going to happen. So it's kind of a mixed bag as to, right, as to when it happens. Right. And of course, there are there are cooler heads who say, no, no, it can never happen. That it's a that it's a fantasy. And others who say that it may happen a, a century or more from now. What's interesting to me about Schmid, Schmidhuber is this is the guy who has witnessed. AI take off he's the guy who came up with a lot of the key concepts and he knows how long it takes right he knows how long right. it took from the ideas being introduced to the ideas kind of transforming the world showing up and actually being the thing that everyone's doing and everyone's thinking about and everyone's talking about so <coughs> you, kind of, you kind of have to look at his time frame and go well yeah he might uh, he might know what he's talking yeah, about Yeah, it, it might be a, the difference might be this phil i mean um
1: if you ask you know somebody that's just the man on the street when did when did, when did the internet show up right yeah y- you'd probably uh, you know get an answer that would be somewhere like the uh, early to mid nineties would be right. an or answer later that yeah. most people yeah, yeah most people would give when the truth is that uh, the first two nodes of what would become the internet uh, they were put together the year of my birth in nineteen sixty nine so so what's the real answer? Uh, was the Internet born on, in 69, or was it born in 95 or 94 or whatever? And, uh, you know, there's arguments to be made for both. And so, you know, it may very well be uh, when we look back on when did the singularity happen, there could be arguments to be made about when it is, you know, when it happened. Um, you know, the the first computers that had that had the uh, capability, the, the processing capability of the human brain probably will show up in 12 years. Now, does that, does that mean that we have greater than human-level intelligence at that moment? Probably not, because it's not just the hardware. It's also the software, right? We ha- and we have to, uh, uh, you know, that, that has to, uh, that would come, tend to come later, right? So I don't right. know. Um, it could very well be that uh, both men are correct, it just depends on your point of view or what what you consider the technological singularity. So, well, and, we'll and
0: it could it, it could be that it could be that twelve years from now there is a greater than human machine intelligence somewhere, but thirty years from now is when it takes over, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, these, yeah. These are... it's,
1: it's it's had a chance to go to school on everything, and it's uh, it and maybe others like it are 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 at the forefront at that moment, right? So, um,
0: who who knows? Well, one of the things he lays out here, and I think this timeline also disagrees with what you hear from Ray Kurzweil, is he says, imagine a cheap little device that isn't just smarter than humans, it can compute as much data as all human brains taken together. Well, this may become a reality just 50 years from now. I think according to, according to Ray, is once you've got one human on a chip, it's not that long before you have all of humanity on a chip, all of human intelligence, because of the way exponentials occur. But even 50 years from now, that's, a, that's not very long from now. To, to consider the idea of, you know, we carry around these smart devices that are incredibly intelligent compared to the kind of technology that was available 50 years ago. But the leap he's talking about there is almost unimaginable. Um, yeah. To to, to to walk around with a device in your pocket that is smarter than the combined intelligence of of all humanity, all 7 billion people or whatever it would be 50 years from now, 10 billion people on the planet, pretty... Amazing. Anyway, I, I, I love the matter-of-fact mainstream way this is this is stated here. The idea that, yep, the singularity is coming. It's just a question of when. That seems to be a, a more common idea. That you seem to be hearing that yeah. hearing that more often. So, well, okay. I mean,
1: in in the years that we have been doing this program,
0: Bill, and and its predecessor program since tw- 2005 is
1: when we started doing this. That uh, yep. You know it, this went from a very fringe idea to now a mainstream idea and that's right. uh and we've so we've been watching this happen, and uh that's and i I find that interesting too
0: absolutely it it it's it's fun to see it happen now now let's see what's where's the proof well, we've got two additional stories here that don't really prove that the singularity is happening but they're 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 kind of interesting. Parallel developments, let's put it that way. This, this one, Intel just put a quantum computer on a silicon chip. If you read this story, there's two different ways of reading this story, Stephen. And one is to say, well, this is no big deal. This is more like a publicity stunt. And by the way, we're going to have to do a whole show on just what's the difference between a publicity stunt and a major... Humanity shaping event, right? Because they're getting harder and harder to tell. <laughs> in, in the
1: in the case of the uh, the car headed out
0: towards Mars, uh, the answer is yes. It's both, right? Yeah, we yeah we seem to be having this discussion every week. Um, yeah, right. oh, is this a thing, or is it just a publicity stunt? I don't know. Uh, some some major stuff is going on here. So what they do? Right. They they created a tiny little what is it two qubit. Quantum computer on a chip, and as we know, you really need about 50 qubits for a quantum computer to really get somewhere, to really, to really do something. For it. Or I won't say as you know, for those listening for the first time, that's that's about where where you have to be. So quantum computers are this embryonic technology. We're just learning a little bit about them. Potentially, they have the power to be in, incredibly transformative. That if you're if you're going to have a greater than human intelligence, perhaps it will rely on quantum computing in ways that we that we don't understand yet. Quantum computers probably hold the answer to what happens when when Moore's law runs out and we can't fit that much processing on a silicon chip anymore. And I think that's what's interesting about this. Right. The, the, well, and in, in Intel has a
1: 50 qubit or near 50 qubit uh, machine but mm-hmm. it has to be kept in a clean laboratory that's near absolute zero right i mean it's uh it, it very very cold and in, in, in uh exotic conditions uh w- extremely clean right even in places that are not subject to, to uh, earthquakes things like that i mean it's just it's it's an exotic technology that re- requires exotic conditions uh, to operate what they're trying to do here, Bill, is uh, you know put the quantum computer in, in in your cell phone. You know if they can right. do this on a silicon chip, then the chances of being able to have it at room temperature and in a real world environment tend to increase. And so, while it's just you know two qubits right now, that's uh, you can see that that uh, that holds promise,
0: and uh, so it's pretty exciting. I, yeah, I, I think uh, to I think find that's... out
1: that it's even a possibility.
0: I think that's the point exactly. If you yeah. if you look at a technology that requires this rarefied extreme environment and you say, well, that's never going to be a thing. That's yeah. how, do, how do how does that you know, and, my and if world? it is
1: a thing, it's something that we have to tap into from afar, right? And, that's uh, right. Uh,
0: but but if you look but, at something on a silicon chip, no no one says, "Oh, well, silicon chips, that idea is never going to take off." <laughs> we we you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it it already
1: has Right. yeah silicon
0: so chips are heavily involved in this entire transaction. you and I doing this a lot of silicon chips involved anyone, anyone listening there's silicon chips involved okay that's yeah just there's how, silicon
1: chips between you and
0: you and i the uh, the speaker and the listener right now so that's that's yes, right uh, <laughs> so so we know we know how transformative that technology can be if they can get a quantum computer running on there and this is just the tiny beginnings of that but if they can well we already know how we already know how pervasive the silicon chip is. And if you can, if you can put that computing power there, look out. The, you know, What do we call the show? The world transformed, right? That's what we're talking about there. That's- <laughs> exactly.
1: A, a transformed world, no doubt. Well, our last, uh, our last uh, uh, topic for the show today, Phil, that's, this is an interesting one. Uh, Japanese tour firm offers virtual reality holidays. Um, and my response of course uh when you posted this on facebook phil was uh you know to make a quip about total recall <laughs> tell tell me about what what this is the experience here i w
0: there's a picture associated with the article people are sitting in what what, what looks like, like, like the seat? yeah it looks like the cabin of an airplane right
1: they 're all wow, wearing right.
0: v r headsets and <laughs> You think, Well, what's going on? Are these people flying someplace with VR headsets on? No. They're not. That is just an environment for having for having the experience. So you get on board the plane, right? Before you don your VR headset, they serve you a nice four course meal. Then you put your headset on and you're on the trip. And you go to Paris and you have this three hundred and sixty degree virtual reality tour of Paris. So you've effectively flown to Paris and now you're there in in VR. And I don't know how it ends. You know, at some point they say, "Okay, we're done with Paris," and you take your headset off, and the quote-unquote plane lands, and you come out again. But it's, so it's like in an evening, you have the experience of flying to Paris. You know, you have a nice dinner, and you, and then you, 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 you look around the city. It's a far cry from Total Recall, right? Which is w- w- right. which is the example that you give, wherein in the original Philip K. Dick story, you're given the memories of having taken uh, trip in the movie version, it appears that you're somehow um, given that experience in real time, and you can't tell if it's if it's actually happening or if you, you don't know whether you're actually having an experience or whether you're having a virtual experience. Put it that way. Exactly. That's that's what goes on in in Total Recall. I, these people know they're having a virtual experience, so so the drama. I wonder, of, Phil. If I wonder, Phil, if this would
1: be therapeutic for people who have a fear of flying. And let's say I'm just petrified of getting on an airplane to the point that uh, I've actually got on an airplane, realized that I couldn't take the trip, and uh, you know had to get off the plane. I just wonder if this wouldn't, you know, something like this wouldn't help.
0: I'm I'm hopeful that it would. Well, have you for some people? I I don't know. Have you watched much of the uh, coverage of the Winter Olympics? Very little, very little. Okay, I, well...
1: I, it's, uh, it's gotten poor ratings. I guess I'm not the only one that's not seeing it,
0: but, uh, but tell me about it. Well, one of the interesting things is one of the sponsors is Microsoft VR. Okay, so we keep seeing these commercials for Microsoft Virtual Reality, and they are all about the clinical use cases, the therapeutic use cases, the educational use cases, and it's all shown very quickly. So you don't – obviously, it's TV commercials, right? You're not getting any details at all. But that, right. that really seems to be the message that Microsoft is touting about VR. We think, we think of it as primarily having been introduced, rolled out to date as kind of an entertainment platform. And Microsoft is showing it as very much this serious, make people stronger, make people healthier – Change reality, kind of, <laughs> kind of yeah, platform. Yeah, make and people
1: more capable uh,
0: because yeah. you know if you can if you can be in multiple places throughout
1: the world, right, uh, by way of, of VR, uh, that that increases
0: your capability as a as a worker. So, yeah, yeah. And so. one of the one of the commercials, it might be it might be just the same commercial. I'm seeing it over and over, and I'm just catching. Little, little glimpses of it differently, but I think not. I think there are different versions of it. There's this guy, he's a motivational speaker, and he's pretty good, you know, he's pretty rousing, and he's saying, you have more capability than whole generations who came before. And he starts showing all this stuff you can do in VR, and you kind of you get that feeling. It's like, okay, well, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. That sounds like hype on the one hand in a very big way, but on the other hand, I see what you mean. And that's why I wanted to include this one Because we've been talking an awful lot about VR and AR, and we've been talking an awful lot about reality in general. And I think an idea that we're going to be contending with over the next few years is that the singularity is not just going to be this matter of machines getting smart. That's one of of many things that's going to be happening. But there's a kind of a reality singularity that I think is going to occur. Our relationship to reality is going to be fundamentally changed over the next few decades. And by one, that I and mean... one
1: of those things is that uh, we, we're not necessarily where our physical body is, right? Our mind right. may be in some place different from our physical body. That, that capability is huge, right? You could argue that to some extent, I mean, uh, technologies of even the ancient world, uh, like the ability to write, well, that would transport the the writer uh, and his ideas throughout time and everywhere to where to whoever sits down and reads what that writer wrote right but uh, but that's that is a you know it's not a, the same kind of enriched experience that uh, virtual reality gives that's a two way street throughout the world you can be anywhere in the world that you need to be to get the job done by way of virtual reality, and, and uh, maybe robotic presence, if you need to have a physical presence
0: in the room. And uh,
1: there's, some, exactly. there's some of that
0: happening well. e- ex- Exactly. I think the reason it's going to take off is because we are pre-built to do it. We already, as you said, yeah. as you pointed out, for thousands of years – we have listened to stories and allowed ourselves to be transported to other places and times, right? We're, we're ready to go, right? We have sat down and watched TV shows or movies or played games and completely immersed ourselves in realities that aren't the one we're actually in, right? Or we've just created them in our minds. So right. – you know, you, there is nothing that I think humanity is more ready to do than, like, take control of our subjective experience of reality and do with it what we will. And what will we do with it? Well, that's a good question. I think we're going to do a lot of amazing things. I think we will have the power of whole generations before us at our fingertips. We also will, you know, there's just a lot of very base, unseemly things that we can do with it. There's, there's a lot of dangerous addictive things that we can do with it, really horrible violence scenarios, really horrible sexual scenarios. I mean, just, you know, know, there there is a gamut of experiences that we will have available to us that we'll be able to create or that we'll be able to spend a tremendous amount of time in. And where that puts us as a species is is a really good question because I think the same technology that is going tremendously empower us to learn and to do things Will also be a technology that will have the capability of, or that will run the risk of turning us into, you know, something out of a dystopian science fiction story, right? Just these, just these consumers of ongoing subjective experiences who are no longer fit for the real world, the quote-unquote real world, right? So I think right. I think both of those scenarios sit out there, and you want to talk about just around well, the corner. I, you know, what's the time? What's the timeline on? VR and AR becoming this pervasive presence in our lives. Is it is it ten years out? It,
1: it could. It, it could. I, I think it's sooner than ten years. Yeah. Because you know we already have, and and I, I point to the my favorite episode of Big Bang Theory, uh, Phil, where okay. Sheldon has decided that he's retreating from the real world and he's going to just be a telepresence robot going. Through, right. Yes. Yeah. Right? Well, it turns out that uh, he is as 100% as effective at being annoying by a telepresence as he is (laughs) in real life. Right, right. (laughs) He is every bit as good, uh, and and more so, uh, you know. And (laughs) it's a fantastic episode. But also, that's a real machine that they used in that episode. It's a little robot that wheels around uh, and has a... uh, it's basically a Skype platform, uh, a battery-operated Skype platform that wheels around at the uh, at the user's beque- uh, you know request. And that, right. That, um, and I've watched a, a, a couple of videos. Very uh, showed some people that were attending uh, conferences and uh, and meetings uh, uh, and by way of these these devices, and they said it's very interesting how you tend to give these robots the same personal space as you do uh, an individual and you begin to you, and it doesn't take long to forget that they are not the, you know right there in front of you it's right. it's uh, you're not going for a, uh, an, a the illusion of that they're actually there but nevertheless your mind makes the leap right. and uh, that, so the, the machines are already here to do what we're talking about when do they hit the mainstream 5 years i i, I would not i would not put 10 years on it i think it's going to happen quicker.
0: But but I think I, I think we'll quickly bypass that, right? The idea of because yeah. that's a kludge when 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 you've got, you have yeah. you know people in the real world and then you've got a few little telepresence robots. What, what what happens when we're all just in the VR, right? I mean, it's like we where right. we've allowed that to subsume. It's like, well, I'm not going to be there. You're not going to be there. She's not going to be there. We're just going to have the conference in VR, right? <laughs> when, right. And and
1: uh, and you're all equally you know virtual presences in a
0: in a place that doesn't even really exist, right? And yet you're right. still able to get the job done. Right? Or, or when so, it's when it's half and half, you know, you you show up in an event and it's like you you put your goggles on, and thanks to AR, you see 150 people in the room. You take the goggles off, and there's 20 of you in the room, <laughs> right? and every, Everybody else has has come has come in through this technology. I think you quickly move through these stages, and I think you quickly end up in a place where the more compelling reality is the one that the computer provides. We already know that in a lot of ways through social media that people, I mean, we've seen the videos of all the kids sitting around there at the bowling alley and the one kid bowls a strike and looks up and all our friends are looking at their phones, right? I mean, it's the the idea, (laughs) you know, we're already picking one reality over another anyway. And (laughs) I, I think that the, The temptation to do that, the ability to do that, the compulsion to do that is going to become so much stronger so that when we talk about the singularity, I think increasingly we're going to talk not just about intelligence and not just about computer capability, but we're going to talk about this fundamental shift in where the real world is and how we interact with it. And with that, I see we've already gone over our time slightly, so I I blame myself for that. But (laughs) we're going to, guess what, Stephen, we're going to come back to this one. Lots of times. This will be. This is our big ongoing topic for, I don't know, until it happens, right? And until uh,
1: <laughs> twelve years or thirty years, depending on who you believe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Just stay tuned, folks. We're going to be talking about this one some more, and we're also going to be back on Wednesday with another brand new show. We're going to be talking about education. So, uh, Stephen, great talking with you today. Look forward to being with you all on our next program. And until next time, live to see it.